Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, and we're talking about Jesus, if your Bible doesn't have the red letters to let you know that. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost and destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. Lord, this is your word, and may it breathe truth into us today, and may it change us because of who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. So does anyone, and and probably I'm talking to my um, teachers, and then, well, Brittany will remember this. Do you remember several, several years ago, we did a program at the elementary called Camp Invention? Yes, teachers remember that, I'm sure. Loved Camp Invention. What, did we do it two summers? I I forget now, but loved Camp Invention. I I was able to to work it with them and and be one of the leaders, and I just loved it. What Camp Invention was, it was exploring sciences for the students, Um, specifically, you know, like physical, you know, uh, physics and, and mechanical science, those kind of deals. And it was trying to really, it was a push of trying to get kids back into science. We need more scientists in in the world. And we would give the kids these projects, remember, and we would give you an end result that we want it done, and then they had to do what's called reverse engineering to figure out how to make that happen. And so we collected all kinds of junk that they got to tear apart. Um, I don't even remember what the projects, I should have, I should have picked your brain, Brittany, um, different things to roll balls. I want you to think of the, the game Mousetrap. If you've ever played Mousetrap and how you set up all the components and, and the hope is it's when you set it off, it all works, right? To get to the end, to drop the cage onto the mouse. And so that's what these kids did at Camp Invention. We gave them whatever the end result, whether that was pop this balloon, But then there was other requirements along the way that they had to use parts of all these things to create it, to make it happen. I think that's where Alex developed his love of um, roller coasters because we made the roller coasters down the hallway and things like that. Um, I feel like these past couple of weeks, that's kind of how I've been preaching. I'm reverse engineering you. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about what? Our shadows. Right? We talked about our lives have a shadow that affects other people, right? It impacts them when they see us. And then last week, we talked about where we sit. And Diane, don't worry, I was perfectly safe on my back porch, I promise you. I, she, she, I forget what you posted, but she was concerned with my safety this week of sitting in high places. <laughs> but I was perfectly fine. But we talked about where we sit when it comes to circumstances in our life. And we kind of connected that to the shadows because where we sit in those circumstances affect our shadow 
that people see and how it impacts them. Well, this week, we're going to take another step back from where we sit, and we're going to look at what can affect how we think about things, how we approach things. In this passage today, I want you to know, well, I didn't want to read the whole thing. This is following the episode where Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say I am? And they said, well, some people think this, some people, and he says, well, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of God. And this was a revelation from God. That's an awesome thing. I mean, this was an awesome moment. This was like the first time that they really acknowledged who Jesus was. But then over in the book of Matthew, we get a little bit more detailed version of this story that immediately, you know, Jesus begins to tell him, okay, yes, but this is what still has to happen. And he begins to reveal about the crucifixion, that he's going to have to die and be raised to life again in three days. And in the book of Matthew, Peter immediately jumps, no, no, that's not going to happen to you. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan, right? And so this is where we kind of pick up with what we were talking about today, Because Jesus is teaching his disciples what it's going to mean to be a follower of him. He's teaching them what it's going to look like to be a Christian, is what we would say today. So he's not just talking to Peter alone. He's talking to the crowd around him. Now, verse 23 makes it very clear. These are the words of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that because that's not my word. That's not the board of general superintendents words. This is Jesus words. He says, if any of you wants to be my followers, that if is a big thing because that means you have to make choices. He says, you must give up your own way. Take up the cross daily and follow me. So three things. You have to give up your own way. You have to take up a cross daily to follow Jesus. And again, he's not just speaking. He didn't, this didn't say he turned to Peter and said, he said he turned to the crowd. So he's talking to all these disciples that are following him. He's talking to you and I today because we're the disciples today. And you have to understand that he's talking about you've got to look at life differently, Peter. Because, see, Peter and them, we've talked about this several times. Peter and them, they had an idea. They already had the assumption of what the Messiah had come to do. And we do that. We make an assumption of what being a Christ follower is going to be. But remember when in... um, Wednesday nights, if you if you join us on Wednesday night, we did the Ten Commandments, right? And we talked about the Ten Commandments are not just a list of rules. It wasn't just a do and don't kind of thing that God was teaching. What was happening? They were coming out of bondage in Egypt, and he was trying to teach them now how to live life again. Because they've been living in slavery. They've been living according to the rules that the Egyptians had given them. And so with the Ten Commandments, God was trying to say, this is how my people will live. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's letting them know, I'm doing something new, and you don't grasp it all yet. And I'm teaching you a new way to live. Because church, when when we come out of the bondage of sin, we need to learn how God wants us to live life. 
And it sometimes is different than what we think it is. It's different than what we want it to be sometimes. It wasn't bad what Peter was hoping for. He was hoping for the freedom of his people. He wanted Rome to let go of the Israelites so they could live. The Jewish people could live a life free from the oppression. That's not a bad thing. But Jesus said, that's not the thing that I'm coming to do. And I need you to set aside your way so you can hear my way. Verse 24 and 25, and if you're a Toby Mac fan, it'll bring a song to mind. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? And some of, some of your versions may say, you lose your soul. And the Toby Max song, I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. See, these disciples believed in Jesus as the Messiah. We just had one of the most aha moments of the Bible when Peter said, you're the Messiah. That's huge. Peter had just declared that, but they were clinging to that idea of what the Messiah was coming to do. Not that it was a bad thing. But church, what does that mean for you and I today? That's what I'm wondering. You know, we can believe that Jesus died for our sins. We accept him at, at the altar or wherever it was that maybe you, you accepted Christ that first time. But the question today, what are you still hanging on to? What are you still hanging on to? Your political views that you just, come on, God, when are you going to show up? Your relationships yeah, I love Jesus, man, that, mm, I can't break those ties. Your money, the, the, the desire to, to have that security or, or whatever you're chasing, your dreams, your happiness. And when I say happiness, there's a lot of things that people are like, huh, Chris, she's talking about that today, and yeah, I am. Because I feel like God is speaking to somebody here, speaking to somebody on live stream and saying, you got to give it up. Let go of what you're hanging on to. Because I got a much better way for you. I've got a better way. You know, a couple of years ago, there was a celebrity on TV that she had done some pretty promiscuous things. And people began to judge her, bully her, and... We don't do that, by the way. No matter how wrong somebody is, that's not the way of Christ. Um, that's, that's just not it. But the problem I had with all of this was her slogan became, Jesus still loves me. We're living in a culture that says, I can live life the way I want, and God is okay with it. That's really what she was saying with this. This is really what this little slogan has turned into. That I can live life the way I want, what makes me happy, it's good for me, I'm not hurting anybody else, and God is okay with it. She was right about one thing, God loves her. When we mess up in big ways or little ways, God loves us. That doesn't change but doesn't mean he's happy with your choices either. 
doesn't mean that he likes the path you're on. It doesn't mean that what's making you happy makes him happy. Jesus said, give up on your own way. Your own way. You can live the best life here and be happy and still lose yourself. Still lose your soul because you were never living the way God intends. Just like the the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, they had to learn all over again how to live. So he said, okay, I'm going to give you some rules to go by. And he was doing this, though, for their good. See, it's naturally our our natural self say rules are bad, right? As soon as you tell a kid, don't do this, they do it, right? Alex was the worst at that. Like, I had to learn to manipulate that a little bit. You know, don't clean your room up. (laughs) No, he never fell for that one. I tried. Never fell for that one. But you understand what I'm saying. It's naturally ingrained into us sometimes. And this culture we're living in right now is all about me. What makes me happy? What what makes me have fun this week, right? It's the fear of missing out, right? We can't make choices because then we miss out on something. In the Church of the Nazarene, We have 16 articles of faith. I feel like I need to do a sermon series on this. Some of you, just to refresh memories. But we have 16 articles of faith, and most people are pretty agreeable. And and just so you know, the 16 articles of faith, they have to be built around Scripture. This is not something that the, the board, the general superintendents can just make up. These are scripturally sound. Um, and, and Bo will put this up in a minute. We didn't include all the multiple. I can give you a whole paragraph of scriptures to go with this. So this is not something. I think sometimes the Nazarene church, we get hooked into like, this is something we just sort of tack on, but it's not. This is biblical. The one thing that I feel like people push back the most for our denomination is article number 10. Christian holiness and entire sanctification. And I'm just going to read this and, and just know there, there may be words in here you don't get and it seems big and wordy. That's, that's just sort of what they do, I think. Um, but we'll talk and break it down a little bit better. It says, we believe that sanctification is the work of God which transforms believers into the likeness of Christ. It is wrought by God's grace through the Holy Spirit in initial sanctification or regeneration simultaneously with justification, entire sanctification, and the continued perfecting work of the Holy Spirit culminating in glorification. In glorification, we are fully conformed to the image of the Son. We believe that entire sanctification is that act of God subsequent to regeneration. See what I'm telling you? Don't worry. I'll break it down. I promise by which believers are made free from original sin or depravity and brought into a state of entire devotement to God and the holy obedience of love made perfect. It is wrought by the baptism with or infilling of the Holy Spirit and comprehends in one experience the cleansing of the heart from sin and the abiding and dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, empowering the believer for life and service. 
Entire sanctification is provided by the blood of Jesus, is wrought instantaneously by grace through faith, preceded by entire consecration, and to this work and state of grace, the Holy Spirit bears witness. This experience is also known by various terms representing its different phases, such as Christian perfection, perfect love, heart unity, the baptism with or infilling of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the blessing, and Christian holiness. Maybe these are things you've heard over the generations, different ways, different pastors maybe use this. We believe that there is a marked distinction between a pure heart and a mature character. The former is obtained in an instant and the result of entire sanctification, but the latter is the result of growth in grace. We believe that the grace of entire sanctification includes the divine impulse to grow in grace as a Christ-like disciple. However, this impulse must be consciously nurtured and careful attention given to the requisites and processes of spiritual development and improvement in Christ-likeness of character and personality. Without such purposeful endeavor, one's witness may be impaired and the grace itself frustrated and ultimately lost. Participating in the means of grace, especially the fellowship, disciplines, and sacraments of the church, believers grow in grace and in wholehearted love to God and neighbor. What? (laughs) Here's what's happening when we talk about entire sanctification. When you are saved, there is what we call initial sanctification. That's that's where that word regeneration comes in. What does it mean to regenerate, to regrow something, right? So when you are saved, there's an initial moment. The Holy Spirit comes to you, and that's initial sanctification. But then as the church, we believe there's a second work of grace, and this is what we call entire sanctification. This is that moment um, that Jesus really is talking about when he says, you got to let go of your own way. That's what he's talking about. You got to give up your own way. And it's a daily thing. Entire sanctification is not just a single moment. When you got saved, that was a moment that happened. And we, we've shared our stories in here. That was a moment that happened. Entire sanctification, it starts in a moment when you finally surrender all, as Brittany's saying. But it continues on a day-to-day basis. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross daily. means every day we're making choices on our walk with Jesus. And then it mentioned in their glorification, that means when we die, that's the moment we're made perfect like Christ. So sometimes people want to argue with how we do things in the Nazarene church, but Then I ask the simple question to people in other denominations. So when you get saved, do you think you can just keep living life the way you were living it? Well, no, because Jesus forgave us and things change. Yep, that's all we believe. Entire sanctification is the fact that he's changing you daily to look more like him. That's all it is. Big word, simple meaning. Romans, well, actually, let's, I'm not, and you don't have to flip there, but First Peter chapter 1 tells us this is one of those scriptures where we know that this is biblical. This is not something we made up. 
Because God says in 1 Peter chapter 1, 15 and 16, God says in there, be holy because I'm holy. In other words, I've released you out of bondage and I want you to live a new life. Just like he told the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And then my favorite life verse is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is what we're talking about, letting our bodies be a living, holy sacrifice. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Folks, Christians look like the world way too much these days. When you can't tell the difference anymore. Oh, but PJ, I put that scripture up on my Instagram. Well, so what? Demons can post that too. Our lives have to be different. God's word said so. Y'all see how thick this book is? This tells me it's a little bit more than just the cross. Because I don't think we need that many pages just to say, I need a savior. We do for our forgiveness. But then he says, I want you to live different because I'm doing something different. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Remember I talked about how we're reverse engineering. When we began to let God renew us, It will change on how you figure out where to sit above or under your circumstances. When where you sit begins to change, your shadow begins to look more like the cross and less like you. The new uh, Zach Williams song, I want to be a little more like Jesus, less like me. But this starts... With sanctification. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep using that word because some people are like, that's an old word. No, you just need to learn it. You just need to learn it. It's kind of like kindergartners when their vocabulary starts out small. And what do we do, teachers? We just keep adding new words to them, don't we? We keep adding new words to them. And then they come up someday and they put words like wonky on the Internet, right? <laughs> I had to prove to Thomas that that was a real word first time. First time he remembered me hearing it. So sanctification is about your daily growth to become more like Jesus. That's why I want us reading the Bible together. That's the only way you're going to become more like Jesus. You got to know who he was. And you're like, well, BJ, we're stuck in the Old Testament. Well, you got to know who God was and why he sent Jesus. When you figure out what the Old Testament is really about, it should excite you because it's all about starting in the beginning where things get broken. When sin comes into the world, there's a a brokenness. And we need a savior, a mediator that brings us back together with God. And that's the whole story of what the Bible is. Anybody in here, have you ever heard of 8D music? Anybody know what I'm talking? I know Brittany knows what I'm talking about. 8D, no, not (sighs) 8-track. Way to go. You just lost all my millennials on that one. No, but man, I love them eight tracks. I even had my, I say, I, my brother even had one of the, the portable, you know, I don't know. You probably use D 
D-cell batteries, and he would get mad because he'd come home from school and they were <laughs> empty. What happened to my track player? I played it all day, you know? <laughs> um, AD music. Go home, please. Look this up. I cannot play it for you for you to understand it in here because you need earbuds or headphones on for this, okay? And actually, they say this is really good. People that have things like ADHD and things like that where the brain is just ugh, all the time busy, it's good to actually focus them down. But AD music, learn this on TikTok, just so y'all know. But you can go on Spotify, just, I promise, there's, it's out there everywhere. And I can't play it in here because you got to have it in your ears. The only thing I can compare it to for you is if you've been to the IMAX theater. And you know at the IMAX how, like, you can hear something coming before it ever hits the screen, right? Because you have that surround sound. 8D is surround sound in your head. And I'm not even lying. Like, I wish I would have videoed Brittany's face the first day. I said, have, I thought being a music major, she would know what this stuff is, you know. And she, she knew technically, she had just never listened to it. And she was just like tears coming out of her eyes because she was laughing at this so hard. I don't even know how to fully explain it into words, but you literally fill your brain as the music goes from one side to the other side. Now, when we listen to music regularly, what do we do? We, we have music here and we have music here, right? No, 8D music, I am so serious with you that you it's like being in that IMAX theater where you will fill your brain like your eyeballs cannot help but to move back and forth as the sound. Look at my millennials. They're like, would you quit preaching so we can go home and see what this 8D music is right now? Like, I'm really curious about this. And, and there was one, this is what taught me about it on TikTok because there was one soundtrack on TikTok that Jack knows what I'm talking about. Jack, you guys listen to this at, at Halloween time, that they put a knock in there that for me and Alex, the first time we heard it, Alex literally threw his phone on the couch like it scared him so bad. Like what in the heck just happened here, you know, because it sounded like somebody was really knocking on your door. And I don't know the technicalities of how they can do this and how it works with your brain like this. Because it is the most relaxing thing I've ever come across in music. Like when I am having those days of just like, I just need to tune everything out. I plug in some 8D music, kick back in the recliner, and it is so relaxing. So I'm telling you, if you're above the age of 40, you still want to go home and figure this out. If I need to come give you a tutorial on how to work your phone to find 8D music... <laughs> JC, could you group, could you guys and Brittany, y'all just stay at the back and y'all give tutorials on, for people to find this stuff with? Because I'm just telling you. The reason I bring this up, I feel like we live our Christian lives like regular music sometimes. No big deal. And if you will ever take a moment to surrender your life and do what Jesus said, Stop hanging on to your way. Your Christian life is going to be like plugging in 8D music. It will rock your world and flip you upside down. You will begin to, to see things in God's eyes that you have never really seen before. And he will begin to open up things to you and blessings to you 
I don't, I don't mean monetary. I'm just talking about, I can't even put it into words. But you know if you know. You know if you've been sanctified. See, sometimes we, we deal a lot with people that like, I need to be rededicated. I need to, no, you need to get sanctified. You need to move beyond being forgiven. And you need to be sanctified and start following Jesus. Because it is two different kinds of lives that you live. Now, these disciples, they were all in. God, you are the Messiah. And he said, yeah, but let me tell you, things are fixing to get different around here. But you have to give up what you're hanging on to first. Two weeks ago, we talked about our shadows, how they impact other people. And maybe that, maybe that bothered you. Maybe you thought, man, I don't know what my shadow really is saying about me. I, you remember I prayed for you guys. I'm still praying that you're disturbed about what your shadows look like. And then last week we talked about where we sit. Are, are we letting our circumstances bury us in, in depression and bitterness and we're sitting under that broom tree or are we sitting on top of the rock? And thank you, Jake, for that wonderful version. Oh, gosh, let me tell you about Jake's picture last week. He drew me up here sitting on the wall. And, and I love this. I, I think, Spates, I think I'm going to have to do a book of like a year of sermons through the kids' eyes. I love their pictures. Some of them scare me sometimes. I'm like, did I say that? Did I really say that? I don't know. When, when, when Jake, you know, throws me a ninja, I'm like, I don't think that was in there. But okay, let's. But last week, so he drew me up here, but he made me look like an angel. And I said, oh, I said, I'm the angel like the angel sitting on the rock, right, Jake? He said, yeah. He said, you can fly. And I said, <laughs> I said, I don't think I'll be trying that. He goes, no, really, you can fly. We won't try it today, but he was, he was dead set. He thinks I can fly. So don't worry, Miss Diane, not testing that one just real soon. Reverse engineering. Yep, there's the challenge, Bo. I need a cable system. Jake says I can fly. I got to fly. I could be like, you know, Tinkerbell, Brittany at Disney. Go down through the aisle. Yeah. So that was his take, though, last week because we talked about where we sit. And so how do you change the way you choose your seat? You let go of what you're hanging on to. Because see, when, when things happen that we become bitter in life, we have things that we can't let go of. Well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They're not ready for me to forgive them. Mm. Let go. Choose to sit above it, not under it. Both of those things are affected about by what we're talking about today. Until you give up your own way, take up that cross daily. Remember that it's a daily thing. Nothing will ever change in your life. If you've been dissatisfied with things in your, your faith walk, spend some prayer time. God, what am I hanging on to? What do I need to let go of and let you change? And these are not always bad things, by the way. Yeah, he'll instantly bring some things going. People can't see Christ in you because 
you fill in that blank. But then there will be times that he'll say, I can't work in you until you let go of this dream first. Might not be a bad dream. It just isn't what God has for you right that moment. And we got to let go. So we're going to pray a little bit different today. I want you to remain sitting. Nobody stand up unless. As I begin to pray and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know that I've ever been sanctified. I don't know if I've ever really took that step. I don't know if anybody's ever explained it to me where I understood I needed that step. Then while I'm praying, I want you to stand up. And if you're online today and and this message has rung true in your heart, then I want you to type into the comments to Amy Jo, just type simple word, me. And that'll let us know that I'm standing up and I want what you're talking about. I want the Holy Spirit to completely flood me with his presence. Everything that I think about, everything that I partake in and entertainment, everything with all of my relationships, everything I'm letting go today. And I'm going to start walking daily to follow Jesus. Church, Jesus gave his followers clear directions in this. And are you ready to move beyond just being forgiven and begin to follow him today? Dear Heavenly Father, we have opened your word, and Lord, what a can of worms we have opened today. (laughs) But God, I heard it clear in your word today, this is your desire for our hearts. When you have released us from the bondage of sin, Lord, there is a new way that our lives should look to follow you. And Jesus, you were very clear to your disciples of the day, and you're clear to us today that you want us to let go of what we hang on to and take up that cross and follow you. So if anybody today feels that nudge, and it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 50 years, if you've never had that moment that you say, I surrender all, not just my past and how I messed up, but God, everything about today and everything moving forward, I surrender to you today, then stand up or make that comment in the online service. Lord, this can be one of those moments I know that people think, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I promise you there is nothing that you can lose in this life that God will not supply something so much better. You don't want to gain the whole world, only to lose yourself. It's not worth it. It's not the life Jesus intended to give us. Dear Heavenly Father, I know you hear the hearts today, and I just ask for your Holy Spirit to fill the ones that are accepting this call today, Lord. God, may they know that this is not a call of condemnation, this is a call of conviction. And I know, God, that when we make this, this acceptance of this call, that, Lord, it, it does bring a target to us where Satan will immediately begin to jump. Oh, you don't have to give things up. Oh, you don't have to do this. 
May they hear your voice plain, Lord. I just bind the things that will distract them in the days to come, that they will continue to follow you. May you begin to open their eyes and their hearts as they hear your word, as they begin to read your word and they listen to it, Lord. And God, may your spirit make himself known today in their life. This is a good thing. This is a good thing when we accept that moment of surrender. It takes the pressure off of us and puts it all onto you, Lord, that this is your life now. Lead and guide us. Show us your way. Show us how to be different today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, have a really blessed day. Go have a blessed meal. Go get meals for your family, meals for other families, and bless the Frasers. Just be a blessing to others, and I will see you Wednesday night online. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.